We wish to acknowledge the Wadarung people of the Kulin Nation and the Bunurung people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Minogue fans. We recognise that these lands have always been a place of storytelling through music. Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to yet another Minogue Monday right here on This Is Disco. My name is Adam Eve, and I am, of course, as always, joined by my wonderful co-host, the gorgeous Eliza Day. Hello, my dear. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Doing all right. A bit excited about this party jam of an episode, if you will. Right. We don't normally have um, more than, like, three on. At a time. It's exciting. <laughs> it is going to be quite the show. Would you like to tell everybody what we're here for this month on This Is Disco? Well, it's uh, This Is Disco Book Club month. Mm. We are getting into Danny's autobiography, My Story, with the one and only Terry Ronald. Yes, yeah, so obviously Terry helped write this book with Danny. Like, it's it's her autobiography, but as as often happens with autobiographies, you have an author who comes in and sort of helps. I, I think ghostwrite is the the correct term. Right. Um, but obviously, with Terry and Danny being best friends, this was sort of a very special, you know, autobiography compared to I think probably a lot of others. Anyway, so for our listeners, how this came about is, you know, we had this idea of doing a book episode um, because it's it's been 12 years. Can you believe it? I know, right? Totally, totally insane to think about. (laughs) I know, like 12 years. And, you know, you'll hear us mention this um, in the episode is we were both at the book signing in Melbourne, except we didn't know each other. So crazy. (laughs) So weird. I wonder how far apart we were in that queue. Uh, I can imagine we would have like at least seen or glanced at each other or made eye contact or something, yeah, yeah. surely, like... Well, we're in each other. We've crossed paths, I think, in sort of the year or two leading up to when we actually met, because remember I found photos of you... Well, I found a photo of you in the background of one of my photos at RuPaul, which was a good six months before we met. That's right, and... I vaguely remember that, like, it might have been you that came up and talked to me about the T-shirt I was wearing. Yes, I did. I was right. like, oh, my God, yeah, I yeah, love your T-shirt. Right. And you looked at me like, who is this crazy girl security? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, anyway, we had this idea to do the book episode. So, obviously, we're like, oh, my God, let's message Terry, see if he wants to come on. He graciously agreed. Perfect. So, this was months ago. And then... Oh, I don't know. We were doing a few other episodes and then we spoke to Danny for the girl episode. So obviously it'll be a bit of surprise within the episode when she pops in. But if you're listening, then obviously you know she's she's in it. Right. <laughs> Terry did not know. So that, that came about because when we were recording the girl episode, 
um, just at the end of it, we were talking to Danny about, you know, what we have coming up for the rest of the year. And we mentioned that we were going to be doing an episode on the book and Terry was coming on, you know, just sharing it with her before we could even finish explaining that she said, oh, I'm coming on that. So, <laughs> and yes, please. And then what became a joke of, oh, we should just surprise Terry became a, oh, we should surprise Terry. <laughs> so anyway, that's how all this has come about. So very, very thrilled to have Danny back on again and Terry back on again. It's not it's not his first This Is Disco Rodeo either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. And it's going to be quite the episode. A lot of great stuff gets covered in this. But before we do get to it, very quickly, Eliza, what's been happening in the world of Minogue oh. since we last spoke? So many vinyls. What a time to be alive, Adam. Right. <laughs> oh. So, well, first of all, just uh, thank you doesn't quite begin to cover, I think, how we both felt um, after everyone was listening to the Impossible Princess episode. That was, it seems like quite a while ago, but it was so overwhelming and amazing and just so many people saying, I've listened to it three times already. This was by day two. It's right. <laughs> like our fastest downloaded episode ever. Amazing. And in less than a month, like it's our third most popular episode. Ever, wow. Which is just, I mean, it just shows the power of this album. Right, exactly. Oh, very, also, very loved. I know. Um, and also on that episode, because I, I didn't want to forget. So in that, I, one of the questions I asked Steve was, you know, that I'd seen online that someone had asked him if Dreams was originally called Impossible Princess, but I couldn't remember who I'd seen ask that or how that had come about, but I remember seeing it. Anyway, that was actually our lovely loyal listener, Martin. So shout out to Martin, uh -huh. absolute legend who always wakes up in the middle of the night to catch the episode as soon as it's uh, it drops. So we really appreciate that support. And we really we do. Love you, Martin. Um, but yeah, the vinyl. An Impossible Princess vinyl in 2022. Just amazing. Number three on the vinyl albums and the albums charts here. In a week when we had Arctic Monkeys and Taylor Swift. Yes. With new entries, with new vinyl, new album above that. So pretty oh. amazing feat. <laughs> amazing. And in the within Australia, on the Australian albums chart, it was number one. Yep. Number one. And I believe number five in the UK. Like, just... I don't know about you, but I was very teary, very emotional. Like justice anyway. for Impossible Princess, finally I global know. justice. Global justice, indeed. And then, of course, the manifestation—sorry, the manifestation—to <laughs> end all manifestations, the girl vinyl, which finally arrived after some Australia Post delays. Oh. <sighs> My goodness, I was just listening to it before we, we jumped on here and I still can't believe it exists. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, how am I listening to Disremembrance on vinyl? Like, just wild. So, number six on the vinyl charts mm -hmm, within a week. Huge. Sold out on Warner's store. Just, it's, I mean, it's everything we wanted. Yes, yes. And more. So, and also we did before everyone asks again uh the uk release is coming we asked danny as you'll hear if she has any more updates on that she does not but it will be worth the wait 
Right, exactly. Asking so, also asking us and commenting on us on our posts and stuff and saying like, when's the UK release happening? <laughs> like we work for either we, of them. We don't know. And are privy to that information. We're not. And asking us isn't going to make it appear any faster. <laughs> well, I guess to be fair, our, our manifesting history might suggest that it, it might make it appear faster. Well, who knows? <laughs> so, yes, just amazing. And the Danny T-shirt. Um, if you bought one of those for Oz Music Month, I mean, I slept in mine. Like I was <laughs> sort of rocking the um, You Won't Forget About Me video, yeah. kind of going for that look. Um, what else? Oh, we'll, we'll go into this a bit more, I think maybe in our next episode, but there is a new Kylie perfume. Yes, I will be doing a bit of a review slash deep dive into the <laughs> delicious Disco Darling, which if you can hear on the microphone. Oh. Oh. ASMR, perfume ASMR. I haven't smelt it yet. Anyway, also in the Kylie merchandise range, we have 0% uh, bubbles for the the festive season. Although I don't think we have that here. I feel like that could be a UK-only thing. Someone might, you know, be able to confirm that for me. Gosh, I think that's all the news. I think I've covered everything, haven't I? Right, I think so. We should just get get into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. A huge, huge welcome back onto This the Disco to Terry Ronald. Hello, how are you? Hello. I'm good, actually. Yeah, I had a few drinks last night, so I had to go and uh, have a bit of hangover food this morning. But I'm absolutely quite bright as a button now. Well, happy birthday. We've got drinks for you here. Yes, Thank cheers. you. It's my Sound birthday's effect. been going on for a very, very long time. But, you know, 29 is a big number. <laughs> big, one, big one next year. So very exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> As we were both doing our different ends of research to chat with you today, Terry, I realised that of the 11 books that you've helped... I think it's more now, actually. I think it's 15. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm about to start my 16th this week. (gasps) Oh, amazing. I can't say who it is. Well, I was just about to say who is it, but I thought, no, you probably won't be able to. (laughs) Well, of 15, almost 16, I own five of those. Sarah, Kimberly, obviously Danny, the Nanas, and Talisa. So... As I was saying to you earlier, it's safe to say you're clearly one of my favourite writers of all time. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I mean, I think you've got the pop full set. The only other pop one I worked on, which was uh, I kind of helped Will Young uh, because he done, did a lot of his own writing as well, but I kind of came in at the end and helped him sort it out, wrote some more, did a bit of an edit on it. And so I worked with Will, so he's my other pop. He's the only other pop one. So you've got the right. pop pull set, basically. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, Danny's was the first autobiography you worked on, correct? Yes. Yeah, so yes. when you sat down with Danny to begin fleshing that book out, what was yeah. that initial process like and how has it changed since compared to when you're working on, say, now your 16th? I don't think it's changed an awful lot. I had this. I have a little recorder which I, I now I use my phone voice mail, but voice note. But uh, I used to have a little Sony recorder that I plugged into my Mac, and it turned all the files into MP3. So I just put it in my iTunes because that's the you know it was just much easier than winding tapes backwards and forwards or making <laughs> notes. Yeah, people do it. People do it from making notes. I really don't know how. So I would sit there, I'd record, and then put it into my iTunes and you know, 
list what they were talking about on that particular track and right. then flip backwards and forwards and, and write and write and write. And I used to do it very chronologically, but now I sort of, I just write what I'm feeling at the time. Um, it, it's, I've just got used to my process. It's how I do it. I don't know how other people do it. And um, it's it can be a bit haphazard, but I know what I'm doing. And at the end, you know, I spend two days or whatever sitting going through it all pulling it all, all together you know so it hasn't really changed an awful lot is is the answer how did the whole thing come about that um you know danny's doing an autobiography well, <clears throat> i've written my novel uh becoming nancy and um i had a book agent and danny needed a book agent because she'd been asked about doing an autobiography so i introduced her to my book agent and then Dan said to me, well, you, you can write it with me. I, you know, I need someone to, to write with me. And I'm like, well, well I, can't, I can't do it. I was like, you know, <laughs> I can't write an autobiography. And she said, yeah, you can. She said, you know, and I thought she was joking. But then, you know, my agent said to me, well, you can earn a pretty decent, you know, um, salary doing ghostwriting, especially if it's a big book, like Danny's will be a big book. Mm. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, having... <laughs> ragging myself through the you know crap money of the music industry was <laughs> making at that point so um i thought oh cool so it, it that those books have become my staple right. um you know my if i could do a couple of those a year that they they really helped me to then be able to go off and do my crazy kind of you know creative shit and work on you know cabarets and musicals and different <laughs> things that that i don't earn any money or much money on but love doing right so that 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 it's great to have those that's like my bread and butter but also it's fun and i feel like i'm good at it i feel like my strength is getting the voice i, I and maybe it's because i'm a singer and i've always mimicked people like singers right. you know you try and sound like this person when you're you know you're in and i think maybe it's that that I, I feel like I'm good at getting voices for people. So it just went from there, really. That's how it started. You wow. mentioned in 2011 that you released your own debut novel, Becoming Nancy, which was then mm -hmm. turned into a musical. What's that yes. experience been <clears throat> like to see your novel turned into <clears throat> a musical? It's probably been like one of the best things ever, really, at loving musical theatre as I do. Um, and... You know, it's been a long time in the pipeline. And then in 2019, it debuted in Atlanta. Uh, it's out of town triad because originally they were planning to take it to Broadway, but then COVID happened. Right. But we were on for a month at this really cool, um, quite big theatre, like very prestigious theatre in Atlanta. And it was amazing. And since that, uh, the whole a lot of the show has been changed and reworked because you do those things and you think, right, this works, this doesn't work. So some stuff has been changed. I've, I'm, I'm now part of the songwriting team on the show as well, which is great. Well, I wasn't before, wow. but I am now. So I've got about five of my own songs in the show and it's changed a lot and it is coming. They're doing, it's now coming to the UK and a it is coming to the Birmingham Rep first, which is a very, and again, very prestigious out-of-town theatre in the UK. Right. Hopefully pre-West End it will be. Oh, but wow. Yeah, so, 
So that is going to be coming, you know, I don't think it's next year, but we've got all the dates. So <gasps> it's kind of, it's, it's off and running. So it's coming to the UK, which is very exciting. And it is an amazing, it is amazing because the, the director is Jerry Mitchell, who did Kinky Boots and um, really? Legally Blonde and Pretty Woman. <sighs> and he is amazing. And his energy and, you know, passion for it is just, and he basically, um, was over here directing Legally Blonde, wanted a book to read on the plane on the way home, saw an article about becoming Nancy in Gay Times, went to a shop, bought the book, read it on the plane, got off the plane, called his lawyer, said, I want to buy the rights to this book to turn oh, it into wow. musical. Oh, wow. <laughs> so talk about fate. Wow. Yeah. That's the stuff of dreams. Like Yeah. Yeah, I think you kind of alluded to this as well, like you've got your processes and stuff, and this might seem like a obvious question because obviously it's different when you're writing a novel or you know an autobiography or music but do you have similar rituals with like because it's all writing at the end of the day I think I don't know whether writers have rituals I think my that you know my ritual is to just get started because I don't know you know I think if you've been any doing any sort of thing like this or whether it's editing a podcast or whether it's mm -hmm. journalism or whether you know the it's a bonus if you actually get going yes you know you <laughs> yeah. know without procrastinating for like hours. so yeah. um I have my writing cabin at the back now which uh, unfortunately because of the way things are I can't afford to heat in the winter so I'll be writing oh. in the house for the next few months oh, um, I know ridiculous so yeah but I write I've got a writing cabin a really nice cabin that I write in and it's got all my Danny discs up on the wall oh, and, um, and um yeah so I uh I, I, my ritual is with the ghostwriting, it's very methodical because it's a job and it's to me, it's easy. Right. I have a job, I have a deadline, I have a paycheck. Right. So doing those jobs are e easier because I know what I've got to do. I've got to get up and do it every day. I know how many words I've got to write each week to be on target for the delivery day. I've already got for this next book, each week planned out how many words I've got to have at the end of each week to meet the delivery date. Um, I've put it in my cat. So it's just that it's, it's quite a methodical, I have to do it. Right. Um, when you're writing your own stuff, that's where you need more of the discipline because you know, you haven't got a deadline, you haven't got a paycheck necessarily, unless the book gets a deal, you know, so, and it's, you know, you've got the, well, it's not a luxury, it's really, you know, you can say, oh, I'll do that later, yeah. which is not really a good thing. No. <laughs> you know, I think, I think I would say to any writers that if you're doing stuff that's creative to you, you've got to treat it like a job. Yeah. So you really, even if it's something that you haven't got a deal for it and you're just writing, you know, for yourself and for your, you've got to treat it like, um, you know, it's like Stephen King says, you know, the muse is not some kind of little fairy that drifts out of the, you know ether and goes oh you know and you're inspired by it <laughs> yeah, the yeah. muse is some motherfucker with a megaphone going get sick down and do that work <laughs> you know that is that is should should be a writer's muse if you're yeah, waiting yeah. to sit there and be inspired it's like no just get there get the laptop open and start writing yeah, that's yeah. The, that, that's the key <laughs> really oh my god 
Well, I'd very much love to pick your brain about the Kimberly yeah. book as well as the Sarah one someday, but today is not the time. Yes. However, and I think that I have said this to you before when we last spoke, but I, I just have to reiterate it again. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping Sarah tell her story so beautifully. Oh. Probably the best, but the absolute hardest autobiography I've ever read. Yeah, it was uh, the hardest one I've written for sure. Really, really ha means so much to a lot of the fans. And yeah, that's I, it's hard to that's, sort of put no, it into uh, words because I do get, I, yeah. I get quite stumped for words when I start talking about Sarah. But yeah. yeah, just thank you so much. I know. Um, I, that's very nice of you to say. I did, I just chatted to some of her fans. Um, you know the Sarah Addicts. Do you know the yes, Sarah Harding yes. Addicts? Yeah, mm -hmm. they were there in the book. I spoke to yeah. them a lot, and yeah, that was hard. And, and interestingly, the, I think the book that I've got coming up is, uh, you know, a bit of a it's it's gonna it's a bit of a confessional in a lot of ways. Someone that's been through a few hard times, and I was up against three or four other writers for the book, um, and the person asked to see some of the work that I'd done. And one of the things that they read was Sarah's book. And I think right. basically that's how I got the job. Yeah. Because they read that and thought, well, he can do, he can do the hard stuff, you know? So that was, yeah. that was, so Sarah's book has, has kind of, in a, in a sad way, it's a sad way, but it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's been good to me really. It's been a nice, it was, it was a hard thing to do, but it was a really, really wonderful thing to do. Mm. Right. Right. Well, I saw also that there was the race for life and everything like that. And there's so yeah. many amazing initiatives in her name now, which yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it adds a little something lovely to such an awful, tragic event. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, Terry, you introduced Danny to the iconic Hilary Shaw, who is yeah. an icon around these parts after her celebrated appearances on Off the Record. So, <laughs> yeah. I need to ask you, what's it like to be managed by the Hillary Shaw? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been with her for that many years, so it must be okay. I mean, yes. Hillary is like the, the the thing about Hills is, I mean, we're apart from anything, we're just very good friends. And of course, I've moved on with my book stuff, so it's a, I have a different relationship with Hills now because most of my work is in writing, and I have a book agent. But I'm still working. Hills works very closely with me on becoming Nancy and a couple of other projects we're doing. So we've still always worked together. So Hills is like. If you can imagine with like Danny and Girls Aloud, who she was managing, you know, at the same time for a while, that, you know, the, 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 the sort of demands that those girls might have, you know, because they, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Hills was probably kind of even more princessy than any of them could ever be. You know, she's like actually more, she's like more high maintenance than the artist she's managing. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, she said, darling, darling, I've got to go. I've got, I'm going away. And, you know, I've got someone coming around to pack my suitcase. It's like, you know, we're talking that level. Oh, yes. But that's why we love her. Because, yes. you know. And like Hillary's the person when you you're, you're having a like last week I was having a sort of sort of meet, like a bit of a a meeting call like discussing work and she's out walking the dog so kind of half the meeting is her talking to you and half the meeting is her going Hattie Hattie oh God I hate it when she does that Hattie oh darling sorry what were you saying darling darling 
it's kind of like an ad fab management kind of thing. But, oh, yes. but so it's what you'd imagine. But when it comes to, um, you know, doing deals and, you know, negotiating and looking after a person, she's like, you know, and I think particularly for women uh, and, uh, and, you know, female artists, she's just so knows what she's doing. Right. So... Actually, there was another question I wanted to ask. It's actually on page one, so let's just go back. Let's just go back a moment. Mm. Um, on the pro prologue, prologue, pro prologue. Yes. Um, there's a reference to Minogue time. Yes. Could you elaborate on what what on earth is Minogue time? Minogue time is about forty five minutes after everybody else's time. So, <laughs> for eight eight a.m. Minogue time is like 20 to 9. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we used to say, but or like last minute, like everything's last minute. So, yeah, I used to call it Minogue time. So, like, nothing ever happens when it's actually meant to. It's kind of always a bit. That's what, um, let, let me just see. Basically, it's like running late. Right. And has, right. It, has there ever been, like, a situation where that has just unravelled? <laughs> Oh, God, I can't remember specifics, but I'm sure it will have done. And the, the worst thing is, you know, going back to Hillary, is she's, you know, she's always late as well. Oh. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening on Minogue time? <laughs> What's happening? Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone's arriving is on Minogue time. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. Hello. Hello. Oh, hang on. Hang up your other. Hang okay, up your I'm, I am. I am. Oh my god. I'm dying. <laughs> anyway, surprise, Terry. Danny's here. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> oh god, I can't say anything awful now. <laughs> Lucky we, we were just that. talking about. We were just. They were just asking me what Minogue time was, and I was sort of saying, you know, it's about forty minutes after everybody else's time. And then we were talking about Hillary, and I'm like, and hers is like another hour on from that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, cheers. Happy birthday, darling. Thank you. Happy birthday. Sorry. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. I've got a cup of tea. It's evening here. I told Where's him. Yeah. To, I told him to get a mimosa. No. Look, I've got my nails. I know, I've never seen you with nail polish on like that. No, it's my holiday nails. I just, I've got to take it off next week because I've got to go to a funeral with disco nails. I'm just not oh. going to cut it. So, um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a nice surprise to see. I thought, God, this is going to be just boring with me. Oh, no. But well, now I know no. why. No. So, when, no. just a little, like, explanation. So, when we spoke to Danny for the Girl Vinyl episode, just at the end, we're like, oh, this is what we've got coming up. We're talking to Terry about the book. And before we could finish the sentence, she said, oh, I'm coming on that. Perfect. <laughs> yes. And Perfect. It was, we were joking, like, should we just surprise him? And then it became, no, let's surprise him. I love it. And the fact is that Dan is on it now, so someone will actually listen. Ah. <laughs> they were going to anyway. <laughs> They were definitely going to listen. <laughs> oh, page 88. Oh, so right. we, we were just going through a few, like, we've got notes. Yes. Oh, gee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, has been, this has been a lot of research. Very thorough podcast, this one. You know, <laughs> I have to say. Oh, I know. I but they I know more remember. about us than we do. <laughs> I know. Well, because this is so old. It's like 12 years ago, this book. Yes. Yeah. You, Ethan, was a bump. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's in regards to this is it, which I think Adam is going to get to anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to discuss that first before I ask about page 88. Your first big mention, Terry, in the Danny book appears just as 1993 is kicking off. But yeah. the most memorable, for me at least, is obviously the moment that you tell Danny to break out the silk cut and have a couple of fags <laughs> and some wine to really channel the fabulous soul rasp required for this is it. Now, this is a moment for the ages and one that the fans always bring up, but I'm curious to know, (laughs) is this still a vocal technique you stand by? Well, no, I don't think I'd get away with it now. (laughs) I'm working with a fabulous queen called Bimini at the moment. Oh, Um, Bimini babes, yes. Yeah, she likes a cigarette, actually, but it's not from encouragement from me. Um, but yeah, no, it was the 90s. You know, you right. could still smoke indoors in the 90s. Oh, yes. I mean, Dan, Dan was like me. She never really smoked, smoked. Like, no. uh, same as me, it's like, you know, party, you might, you know. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't a big thing. But, you know, it was the 90s. What can I say? Oh, yes. Things have changed. Very right. It worked. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the other day, the vocals. I was listening to it yesterday and I'm like, oh, my God. God, you sound so solely on the mm. ad libs of yes. this is the way. This oh. is the way. I guess. Yeah. And vocals on that. Oh, oh my God. I was listening. I was like, oh my God, you sound amazing on that. So good. I love it. But I was listening to it like yesterday. An era of, um, you know, soul music, you know, yeah. for all kinds of peoples and, and groups and solo artists and people like me who had like no idea what they were doing. Terry had been living it and singing mm. it and um, was uh, recognisable in that world. And, um, you know, for him to just impart some of that um, ambience and that, um, I don't know, that the, the texture onto the record. There's something that he does where um, he gives me confidence and it's in my daily life as well as in work life. Um yeah gives me confidence to 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 do things and he he's the guy who says yes you can but it's the way that he does it so obviously he's written lots of songs with people he's written songs on his own he's written a book with me he's written many books with other people and so it's that real intimate um dance of um being in a room with someone and um having that conversation and Sometimes it pours out and sometimes it it, it comes out in, in little chunks and some days you need a breather and then you've got to come back to it and it's and it's having the patience uh, to read somebody to know when when to push and when to pull. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I'd like to add to that, you know, without being, you know, this, you know, mutual appreciation. But oh, you know, please. I would say to, I would say that I think probably the reason we've both we've given each other that because this is the person that would say to me when I say I can't sit on a TV show and be a judge. Yes, you can. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't produce. I can't produce a vocal only my own. Yes, you can. I can't write a, a autobiography. Yes, you can. So all those things that I did producing other people's vocals, you were the first person I did it. Writing, helping someone write a book, you were the first person I did it. Being on a TV show, a major TV show, sitting there being a guest judge, you were the person I did it with. So. It works both ways, love. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, it is. And I think it's that that it's that absolute trust and yeah. I'm sure other people that you've written with have that same incredible experience of feeling like they're in great hands. Although we've known each other so long and we've been through yeah. so many, so many things together, so many life experiences and, and our families and everything that um the trust goes so deep. So that it's kind yeah. of this never-ending well whereas I'm sure with other people there's kind of like you know they have their walls and their blockages and stuff but it was a really great interesting experience to do the book with Terry because it was fun he you know was there for so much of it and mm. uh, knew so much of it but there's still stuff that you know is hidden deep within you or within your family bracket that you know Terry wasn't exposed to so it was kind of is still going through very deep, raw, emotional stuff, yeah. happy or sad. Yeah. It was, uh, and actually my favourite bits of, of the book was, was writing about the, the bits I didn't know, the, mm. you know, because Danny was quite a tomboy. So, you know, all that stuff about her running around, you know, like in the, you know, uh, outside playing and riding a bike, you know, all that stuff. I loved all that stuff in the family holidays, that that stuff and playing the records and sneaking, you know, Kylie sneaking out and getting the blame <laughs> yeah, yeah. for getting the blame, for te telling on her. All yeah. that stuff was my favourite stuff. And interestingly, that's the stuff I wrote first. And I and because it was my first time writing a book, I really, I wrote, I wrote that bit while I was still in Australia right. and sent it off to Mike, the editor, and he absolutely loved it. And I'd really made an effort to make it really colourful and, you know, almost like a, a novel rather than a, um, a, a, and it was all from Danny's words, you know, she saw mm. everything, you know, we, we did it together. It was a real, you know, sometimes you don't really do it together. Sometimes I end up doing most of most of it, a lot more of it. But with Dan, it was a real two-hander, you know. She would mm. write stuff, send it to me, and we would, you know, I would say, you know, everything was was done together. And that dictaphone that we saw on Style Queen that I think, Danny, you said, don't lose this, is that, has that been erased? Is it locked in a vault? <laughs> like... Where is I it? Have <laughs> so many like devices and, and stuff that I find in the garage, and I'm like, What's what this? is this? What is on that? Like, I, possibly it's in in that box. Oh, everything everything has to be deleted. Yeah. The thing is, you I, it's probably on a backup somewhere, but you can't leave like a laptop full of interviews with somebody. No. So the minute I finished finished the the, the book. book. I it's, get rid um, of it because I feel like it's all in the book then. Yeah, um, you'd have to take Terry out and get him very, very drunk to get any of those things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can imagine losing losing oh, a laptop no. or, a, oh. or a thing with where you've interviewed someone. I mean, it just doesn't even bear thinking about. No. So that's so why I very, very rarely take my laptop out with me. If I'm doing something like that, I will always leave it, leave it uh, somewhere safe at home. Yeah. Well, I, I should get back to page 88. Let, let's get to what I was going to say. So, um, Terry, you apparently said, um, I certainly know one end of a disco record from the other and I can replicate practically every vocal ad lib that Donna Summer ever sang. Off we go. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm ready when you are. 
Let me just no. pour myself a drink. I don't see. <laughs> I'm ready. But I can. <laughs> That's not happening. Well, if it was no. you, if it was your evening, I feel like I could get that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. possibly. If it wasn't right. like nine a.m. or something. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. Next time, next time you're in Australia, I'm just gonna. Yeah. But he's got his disco boots on. Oh, I bet. We're going into the section of the book where we start talking about. Danny's new relationship with Warner, a fresh face Xenomania, and the birth of Girl. Particularly with all the love surrounding the 25th anniversary, what's it like for both of you looking back on those days now and in hindsight of the pure joy surrounding its final release, which I, my copy arrived yesterday. It's <gasps> there in the corner. But yeah, so what's, what's it like, especially looking in hindsight now, seeing everyone just love and shower the album with all the love that it deserves. Dan, over to you. Oh, God. It's, as I've said to you before, it's just incredible anyone is still talking about it, let alone other people like me wanted it in their collection in vinyl because it was never printed in vinyl. Um, For us, it's like a photo album in music going back in time we were young. We were free. We were. Um, well, Terry was five. We were, having, <laughs> we were having such a good time, and it was you. You soak up what's around you. So London at that time, record companies at that time, it was very particular. That time will never be again. It just mm. wasn't. It's like vinyl was the most uncool thing. Like you wouldn't yeah. not print vinyl so that's one thing mm. um everything was indian grungy and um you know where does one fit when you've started off as a, a pop artist and gone through different sort of genres of pop where do you fit in that world you know i had noel gallagher slagging me off and mm. like there was just all of this disruption and craziness and and I was about just like, hey, you know, like I've come from young talent time, I've done yeah. pop music, and then I was like, this is unfamiliar. It was like you're taking a wrong turn and you're going through the dark forest. Um, <laughs> but we were, um, I guess, kind of using that space to um, try to grow into it. And so it wasn't familiar for me, but to try and go into that space and uh it was kind of cool and in the evolution of things i would never have got to where i did on other records without that like that mm. was pivotal. just to go back before girl so we in regards to the book there are two things that we're going to need moving forward that we're putting on the manifesting board um perhaps and don't know if either of you are open to this um and a next edition with the last 12 years because a lot's happened yeah QVC, Tarka Petites, most importantly, Ethan. I mean, a million different things. Yeah. Um, and also an audiobook. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and also the audiobook. Like it, it should be a natural since both of us came from music and singing yeah. and right. voices. It just seems weird that we haven't done if that. The if the book was out now, you would automatically do an audiobook i'm i'm always gutted that uh, i never did an audiobook for my 
novel, but it's because, or someone didn't, an actor or so, whoever, because it wasn't necessarily the norm then. It was, there mm. were, there were, now, now there's, everyone has an audio book. You know, every um, person I work with, every uh, celebrity author that I work with has an audio book and it would be great, you know, and it's great, I think, because particularly with those kind of autobiographies to hear the person reading their book. Mm -hmm. um, obviously with Sarah, we couldn't do it. As luck would have it, let's all turn to page 80. <laughs> like we're in a bookstore doing a reading. So I don't have the book with me. Oh. I've got it here. Oh, no. <laughs> Danielle. Well, who wants, to be, who wants to be Danny? like that. It'd <laughs> be the surprise. I'm the surprise. Adam, do you want to be Danny? Yeah, okay. And No, Terry, what you can man? be you. So you say your lines and Adam, you can be... Right, Adam's Danny. Be Adam will be, have to be you. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I'm just saying my line. Yes, yeah, so Adam, when we go about a third of the way down where it says, when the managing director of MCA, this is on page 80. Right, and, right, yes, I see that. And I'll tell you when to cut. Pretend I'm the director. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Danny and action. When the managing director of MCA, Tony Powell, threw a lunchtime cocktail party for all the staff and recording artists on the label, Penny suggested I mingle a bit and try to get to know some of my musical stablemates. I remember meeting Kim Wilde and Wendy James from the band Transvision Vamp, but then Penny ushered me over to meet an artist named Terry Ronald, who was laughing and chatting with my A&R manager, Adrian Skies. Terry's big in oh, Spain. should I be Penny? Well, I just, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I should be Penny. Yeah, you can be Penny. Okay. Terry's big in Spain. Penny said with a wry smile and a wink. Terry laughed and threw back a comically evil stare. Bitch. <laughs> Penny was also Terry's press officer at the label, and the two of them had become good friends. He was older than me, in his mid-twenties, but he was confident and a lot friendlier than some of the other people I'd been introduced to. I know exactly who you are. He said, and we shook hands. Oh, oh, keep keep, go keep going. This keep down. Going? The next paragraph's good, and then we'll be done. It was a few weeks later, in late September 1991, when Terry Ronald and I met again. I had to fly out to Spain on a promotional trip, and I was disappointed because Laurie was in America and was unable to come with me. I'd been invited to a swanky music business awards dinner on my last night there. As I walked into the plush lobby of the gorgeous hotel in Madrid with some of my European promotional team, I was happy to see a familiar face coming towards me. Hey, remember me? Terry said, <laughs> smiling. Well, I've just been forcibly ejected from the fucking hotel bar for wearing shorts. Literally <laughs> snatched my martini out of my hand and marched me out. I said to them, are you insane? These shorts are from Paul Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and the loafers are Gucci. What kind of place is this anyway? I bet they wouldn't have chucked Madonna out for wearing linen shorts. <laughs> oh, my God. And scene. <laughs> See, you wouldn't have got that level of detail without me no. actually. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Oh that, my god, that's that seemed like that, of all the passages in the book that I felt we needed to read from this evening, it's that true. felt like the best one. <laughs> I love that because obviously when I read the book, I read it in Terry's voice. Yes. Now, hopefully, if you reread the book, 
then you'll hear everything like that. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it's funny. It is kind of it is kind of weird when you know. Obviously, Dan Dan says this. Thing. I remember lots of stuff Dan tells you, but it is weird because there's been a few books where I've had to write about myself in the third person. Where, you know, <laughs> right. with Dan's book, with Kimberly's book, with Sarah's mm-hmm. book, with Denise's book. I've uh, Denise Van Outen's book. I'm kind of in them, so it is right. a bit weird, particularly with Dan's book because there's so much of you know. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a weird to 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 do. It's a weird thing to do. Was there stuff that you were like, oh, no, we're not putting that in? I mean, both of you, I'm assuming for you, Danny, there was definitely that. But was there stuff, Danny, that you wanted to put in uh, in regards to Terry that, Terry, you were like, absolutely not, that's not going in? (laughs) I don't think think so. We just just talked through stuff because you just got to get it out and go on the journey. And because the Mm. trust was so deep and so real, for most of it we were um, at my parents' house. And we're just like sitting in different places of the house, um, doing interviews in chunks. It's quite exhausting when you um, are going yeah, back. You were pregnant, so you were, your... you were tired. <laughs> was tired. And trying to remember every little detail and like not mess it up. And, you know, so I would come out with like a story and Terry's like, but but what happened there? What's that detail? Because it's trying to piece it together. Right. And um it's quite difficult. So you do it in chunks, but we kind of had the mindset just to go through everything. Yeah. And let's just put it all down and then take a breather and come back to it and see what resonates um, in a really bold way. And I think that's what we tried to do with the book. And there's lots of highs, there's lots of lows. And we wanted to go through all of that and not, it wasn't, all about just saying, oh, all of this stuff was great. Mm. There's so much stuff that wasn't great. And that that was definitely the most exhausting stuff to get through. Yeah. And I, I honestly have so much respect for people who read their own books and I don't know what that would feel like because when we did the interviews, it was under the knowledge that we would put it down on paper and we would pour over it and over it and over it until every word was perfect and I would get my family to read it and they would say, but what do you mean by that? And right. why do you use that word? And like really dissect it to the point where you're like, oh, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. But yeah. I'm so glad we did that. And, um, you know, it's it was just about being open, let it flow and then see what that what that major, you know, what glues everything together. Um, because Terry started off, songwriting you've got your verse your pre your chorus and your end and then he I introduced him to my adorable friend Kathy Lett who's one of Australia's greatest writers and he said to her at a party at her house you know I would love to get into writing you know away from songs but writing books and she said well if you want to do that you must go and do this course and Terry went and did it and he did it Mm. and he did it full on, full on, full on, and um, loved the whole experience and got so much out of it. Um, So it was like, it was just like, let's do it and see where this story arc is. Let's see where it lies, where it lives. And um, I think there are are so many things that touched people when the book came out, but even if you read it now, there's a lot of relevant stuff in there. And there's a lot of stuff that, uh, truthfully, Terry, if 
I picked it up today and read it from cover to cover, I think it would tear my heart out. Like it would be really oh. actually like I kind of like I'm really joyful about it because I'm like I'm, I'm far away from it, but there, mm. there, there's bits in there that would be really, really hard. I remember you being in tears when we did some of it. I really do because you had to go through some stuff that was, you know, bring up stuff that wasn't nice and and it was hard to put down on a page because you know you are, you know, all like you and Kylie are both very private people. You're not people that like, you know, like your private life out there, but you were very honest. And I think the thing about the um the reason the book is so good and 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 i will say this and i really do mean this it is still my favorite one that i've done because you would never normally have that much access to somebody mm. that much closeness and access to actually sit and be with them for that amount of time for them to dedicate that time to you you get the odd hour two hours you grab a zoom now it zooms calls and stuff but that's why it's so good because it's very mm. honest the best books are those the people that go okay well i'm going to say all this and it's and i think sometimes it's very cathartic for people to do that there are certain mm. books that are very much like that getting it all out and saying well this is what i had you know this is what i thought then this is what happened then and that is why it is was such a good book i think mm. because of the honesty yeah it's so honest i hadn't read it for 12 years since i you know bought it 12 years ago and i've been reading it over the past month and I don't know if I'd just, um, not that I'd forgotten a lot of stuff, but, you know, I'm obviously 12 years older, so there was maybe more things I could relate to. Obviously different things have happened to me, but, I mean, I was crying through some sections. It was really full on. Or there was some things and I was like, ooh, that's that's hit a bit too close to home. I'm going to skip that page. Oh, I don't need right. to hear that yeah, lesson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, putting all my little marks. Some of those marks on the book here are notes for this episode and others are notes to self <laughs> to come back to. But Did you rip any pages out? You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just more of a, ooh, I'm not going to go look in the mirror now. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, no, it's it's just so beautifully written like both of you have just done an incredible job so yeah Thank well you. well done have you actually read it cover to cover Danny or is that too oh uh, many 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 okay many, okay many 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 times when, when more we than anyone who's ever bought it because we went yeah. as I said we went over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over and over like and I went over it with my family and you know especially the stuff about when I was you know, very young, like mum and dad needed to fill in the yeah. texts and the places that I couldn't remember when I was like one, two, but to yeah. describe where I was born and grew up. And um, no, I mean. And I also spoke to Ron. I did speak to Carol and Ron yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. We did, we did have chats with everyone, you know, to be, and, and Carol particularly was brilliant because, you know, she had such you know, great colour, to <laughs> adding colour to the stories that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't remember everything, all the little details, but of course your mum does. Yeah. So yes. yeah, she was oh. fantastic at filling in little colourful gaps. That, the Carol you know, and Ron parts. But the crazy thing is that we all remember different stuff. Yeah. You know, like really different stuff from the whole family dynamic. And it's, I guess, where your eyes are open to it at that point so for me it's like I was the youngest kid like mm. I was always trying to catch up always looking up to everyone else so that was my perspective um 
you know, our parents just wanted the absolute best for us and their philosophy was to let us do stuff that we really loved and you can you can see and feel that like mm. we're so lucky oh my one of my bits that i just remembered i for for me iconic things are like before i knew dan when she talks about being on the set i suppose it was a young talent side and hanging out with the cast of prisoner cell blockade (laughs) and it's like amazing to me (laughs) yes liz lizzie from prisoner cell blockade Smoking in the corner, we were in one green room, no windows. Amazing. Everyone's smoking indoors. Fabulous. Just high camp as a child. So you worry about me having one cigarette during filming, you know, recording this is it. And it's like, oh, God, the the amount of cigarettes I must have ingested as a child. I think we all did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, look, the Carol and Ron little snippets were highlights throughout. Obviously, um, two you're highlights. Obsessed. You're obsessed with my parents. Oh, they are oh, just. But god. you know what it is? I think I said this to you last time. It's because we grew up with them on Young Talent Time, so they're we like they've been sort of in my sphere since I was five. They're like you know when you know like your friends' parents. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah. But they were just always there. And because, you know, like that bit with Ron saying to Chris Martin, oh, Apple Strudel. Apple Strudel. Like even reading it again, I screamed. I'm like, yeah. do we need to do a whole episode on Ron dad jokes? Is that a thing we could do? <laughs> because I reckon he'd have more. Mm. And then I think you guys mentioned this on Style Queen as well as in the book. Um Carol saying, oh, I'm surprised you got on your talent time because I didn't think you could see. <laughs> like, Carol. <laughs> it's the most brutal judge. And oh, uh, Carol's critique way back when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, as I got in the judging seat and people were like, you're pretty full on. And I'm like, oh, tough love. I, very, very, you know, warmed up and, and calmed down from from. Yeah, my mum, Carol's, <laughs> Carol's oh, critique is brutal. She still gives it to me. Like I go on a show and I'm like, yep, what is it? Did you like oh it? <laughs> no, the hair was horrible. What, what did you do with your hair? Like she's full on, love her. Have you ever I had? I think that's what keeps you grounded. Terry's mum is insane, Margaret. Um, she's just been such a joy to know for so many years. And, you know, as much as Terry's been through so much of my life I've been through so, so much of his life with him which you'll read about in the book and um and Margaret is just you know incredible incredible strong woman and funny nice and kind exactly like my mum yeah that's true she just made me a cup of tea a little while oh. ago as well she's outside Leading us into the tour, the Unleashed tour, the saw Ian Masterson as musical director and yourself, Terry, as one of Danny's backing singers. What was that mad tour experience like for you? And obviously, what was it like for you as well, Danny? It sounded like it was pretty crazy. We're alive. We survived to tell the tale. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty wild. Look at Terry's just yeah. shaking his head. Yeah, why, why <laughs> well, you know, on a podcast, he's just going. I, mm. I, 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 
So my friend James, who was a guitarist on that tour a little Funny. while ago, I mean, he, he's played in serious rock bands all over the, you know, with all different people, you know, you know, Belinda Carlisle, who's known to be quite wild in the in the past. He's played with her mm. for years. And he said, still says, he said it the other week. He said that tour was like the wildest rock and roll tour I've oh my... ever been on. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's quite an accolade from someone that's played in rock bands all his life. I think the catering crew said that as well. They were like, hands down, you guys, you're going to kill us. Like, this is this is it, it was just it's like a, a, It's just like fun. a party on the road. Like, the minute yeah. we got on that bus, like being it was on absolutely crazy. And, like, I remember when we, I mean, we drove from one gig to another. So we, we arrived, like, for instance, we arrived in Liverpool late at night. We were playing there the next day. So we arrived in Liverpool late at night. What, did we go to bed and go to get rest? And, you know, no, we went to cream. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. Till four o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, it's like... We just got, oh, let, let's get someone to get us into cream. And we all drove. Actually, no, we weren't in Liverpool. We were in some... It's somewhere in Wales, I think, and we had to, or somewhere near Liverpool, and we had to drive to Liverpool to, to get to cream. cream. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we were near Liverpool. We drove to Liverpool to get cream. Like, um, yeah. it was a special we trip. So we got to the hotel. It's like, oh, yeah, we don't need to check in. Let's just go to cream. Like, just. <laughs> it was so, great, it was, like, you, you hear those songs now that are those epic songs of that moment, of that mm -hmm. time, of that year. The and Cream was the biggest, coolest club. Oh, the standing in the middle of it, soaking it up. And it's no wonder how that like ended up, you know, working its way into the songs and the sounds and the mashups and everything. Mm. Um, yeah. It was those things where you just go, Yeah, let's go, let's let's do it. And like, I think I'm right in saying that sounded the same if we didn't do those things. I think I'm right in saying that when we went to Cream that night, Sonic was the DJ. Sonic, yeah. do you remember Sonic? She was yeah. DJ wow. that night. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh wow. wow! That's so full on. So, you know, with like um, you know, classified documents with you know the government and stuff, and then after a certain time, they become declassified. I know in the book you said that there's a lot of stuff that, you know, won't be revealed about this tour. Has enough time passed that perhaps <laughs> in a new edition of the book? No. Because uh, everyone's still alive. <laughs> no. I'm obsessed with the idea that um, Ian renamed it the Unhinged Tour. Yeah. 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 Because do you know what I'm I'm starting to manifest, just planting the seeds, a twenty twenty-three Danny Minogue unhinged tour. <laughs> I'm definitely ready for it that. It would not take a lot of prep. <laughs> yes. The, the thing is, well, you know, now that you'd have to have a bigger bus for the like walking frames and the oxygen tanks and you know, <laughs> sort of all the creams and fillers and yeah, retinol. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! The Botox room at the back. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> I I also think about your wonderful day off shopping in a small town and the stories oh. of uh, there being a witch over the day being gifted a broomstick. Every office uh, every... So if you haven't read the book, witch of the day, go out, 
buy a broomstick. It's not just for Halloween. You put it in the corner of the office. Whoever is terrible that day, moody, you know, you can't get along with, you just can't stand being around, is witch of the day. You pass them that broomstick. and they I've know. forgotten about witch of the day. Oh, my God, <laughs> no. Witch of the day. That was, a, that was a big thing because we... You didn't like you, you're you're stuffed in a bus together. You're on stage. You're so close. You can't escape each other. Right. So if someone is pissing you off, yeah. you can't even vocalize it and just have it out with them because you can't then just go home and whew, have a breather and you know sort it out. You're just staring at each other in the bus. So it was yeah. our uh, acknowledged way of just handing around the broom to go pull it back. You know, get it. <laughs> In control. You can do it. You can do it. Amazing. <laughs> Who was the witch more often out of the two of you? I don't know. I don't remember being the witch. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it wasn't for us, but we won't name names. No. Oh, this is some of the, this is some of the classic. I remember who was witch most of the time, but. I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the topic of the Unleashed Tour, uh, Danny performed performed Rhythm of the Night, You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, and Heart of Glass as covers. And judging by the recorded on a Walkman version of that tour that floats about the internet, these versions sound incredible. Were there ever, like, studio vocal versions of these covers? Because your Rhythm of the Night was fucking amazing. Oh, my no, God. No. Oh, I can't remember. The would... brothers, and they wrote that song, Rhythm of the Night. Right. And we worked with them after that. Remember the Rapino yeah. brothers? Like, the yeah, Rapino yeah, they were crazy. They were crazy. So good. They were. Uh, and so we just love them so much. And that song was huge. We love them mm -hmm. so much. So it was so special for us. It wasn't just like chuck that song in because, you know, right. that was a hit song. For us it really meant something. Terry and I, you know, wrote songs and hung out with them. And uh, that song still circulates now and is remixed. And mm -hmm. I would love to put some vocals down mm -hmm. to that. There's so much stuff that um, Ian Masterson have, has done for the live shows. It's very, very clever. And it's these mashups and samples and stuff, but clearing them all to record them right. to, to release yeah. is near impossible. So um, that's why it makes it special to come to our gig because you're going to hear something that has never been released and there's yeah. so much heart and soul in it and, it's this real melting pot and, you know, Terry and Ian are just masters at what they do at, at, at thinking up the creation and making it come to life and um, and then we have fun with it. We, like, put in all yeah. the hard work and then we just mess it up. And <laughs> It's kind of like having this amazing birthday party and the most beautiful birthday cake and then just picking it up with your hands and throwing it <laughs> up. Yeah. That's what happens on stage. Yeah, and uh, I remember during that medley, I had to wear white high heel platform shoes. I don't know that um, you had to. I think you nominated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was about to say, had... you're like, oh, this was so traumatic for me. They forced me. <laughs> I did. But, I, yeah, we had high, yeah, just for that medley. It was fun. Yeah, it was I like think it was meant to be a sort of. Handbags and 
that was the whole theme of it. Like these girls, you know, in the club dancing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was me meant to be the sort of... And so you had yeah. to be like one of the girls. So Yeah. And I think it was meant to be like a sort of evolve, evolve uh, of dance music. So it was You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, um, sort of, you know, early disco, going into the electronic disco of Heart of Glass, going into the 90s um, rhythm of the night. It was like yeah. an evolution of... Uh, of, of kind of dance music really which you know we're all old enough that we've lived it so for us it's yeah. a storybook of stuff and yeah. it's not, they're not just random songs thrown in um but it's kind of nice maybe if someone comes away away from the show and then they hear that you know like rhythm or something in another song they're like man where do i know that right. thing from it's like i heard that at daddy Minogue concert and they're like oh my god that's the song rhythm of the night i never knew when i went to that concert <laughs> right. at 17 right that was that song you know so it's like it, it sounds yeah. to me like we should therefore have a daddy Minogue concert at some point in the imminent future <laughs> Are you performing? <laughs> Are you putting your hand up? Absolutely not. I'm just <laughs> Nobody needs to see me performing anything. <laughs> you thought you want cowboy boots. I know you do. You're ready oh. to go. In well, the you can do of my bedroom. <laughs> Eliza, you can do costuming and I can do yes. nails. Oh, that's that's, that's yeah, about it, unfortunately. What yes, I thought I'd wear. I, I'm so. I recently people. quit smoking again for the hundredth time, <laughs> and the new thing that's really getting me through it is designing nails. Like, yes. I mean, I've got these ones that are ridiculous that I haven't put on, but they're like absolutely huge. <laughs> I don't know if you can see them, but they're like really, yeah. really, really long. Um, and I can't do anything with those on, but. Yeah. For some reason, the design and everything and putting all the diamantes on one by one, it's really, really helping. So yeah. every oh, night my you. room smells like a nail salon. <laughs> I love it. I love painting nails. Terry would know that. Like, I just, it's well, a meditation for me. Yes. And so right. it's well, really it's, distracting it's from all of the outside world and I absolutely love it. And I'm the same as you. I'll smell nail polish and I'll be like, right. Sniffing nail polish. I, I, no, I love like, If you smell it, you're like, you, that signifies to me like that that real meditation time. Right. Well, well yeah, we were talking about with that. The nails. Were. I am, I, I, um, I going off on a nail tangent quickly i um <laughs> i go to a nail place to have a manicure once a, a, every three or four weeks because it stops me biting my nails and i just have right. a clear clear thing nothing uh, but the people at my nail place they're always like terry when are you gonna have color when are you gonna have color i'm like, i'm not having a color i'm like you know i'm 39 i can't you know <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and anyway when i went to thailand for my holiday they said you've got to have a color so I thought, oh god so i said all right i will so I, I looked up i looked to the and i found this beautiful picture of harry styles with this beautiful nude um oh. kind of uh color or like an oatmeal color and it was on the front of uh i think it was vanity fair so i said i'll have that and i found it and they put it on so i had that for my holiday and i absolutely loved it because it wasn't really bold and then when i came back that they did another one and they did this color which i really like but it's very bold it's a bit too bold for me um no i i do actually <laughs> read and weirdly then i pick up grazia 
or in the supermarket with where's the picture of Harry Styles? I'm like, and he has this colour on. Oh. And I'm like, mm. oh my god, I'm kind of I'm nail stalking Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe so, that you're saying something is too bold for you. I feel like that's right. a sentence. <laughs> but I actually I love to no, exactly. I, I'm, you know, I don't care, and I really, I really like it. But I loved the nail color I had when I was on holiday in Thailand. It was. I kept looking, thinking, yeah, I actually really like this, and because it's a gel, it's it's mm-hmm. really strong, so it doesn't. Yes. I don't. Buy I my love nails. how Terry says all the names. It's nude. Nude. <laughs> I, you know, like I love some of the names of my nail polishes. So mm. I imagine when once you get into this, Terry, you'll be like really into it. And be yeah. like, Yes, I've got ballet slippers on today and every, oh, everyone knows exactly what oh, you're talking so about. Funny. Oh, I've got da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah. I will have it done again for Christmas. I'm taking it off for a funeral and then I'm have, I'll am have put some on for Christmas, but probably slightly less Larry than the petrol blue. Oh, no, see, I go, I'm all into nail art. I think we should, we should uh, you know, like have Terry's Nail Dare and like nominate oh, no. colours. Because I think like the Chanel, like the um, that really dark red, the vamp color. Yes, the Christmas on you. Yeah. Well, I usually do. I do. I do nail art for you know. I had my Halloween nails as a girl in Richmond who does amazing nail art. Like literally anything I'll go in there with. Like I could go in there and get love and kisses nails. Like it's amazing. She hand paints everything, and. So I always do Christmas nails. So she, sometimes she'll do like a cute little Santa, then there'll be a Christmas tree on one, or sometimes it's just red with like gold glitter dust on top, you know, something that tr- can transfer over through to the new year because Santa can't always, yes. you know. Yes. Yes. So, oh, look, Terry's thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I do. <laughs> no, well, the funny thing is with, with uh, it, you know, um, uh, Danny and my friend Daniele, they bought me the most beautiful outfit for my birthday, which was sent from Morocco. My friend Daniele started this label. And uh, when we all met up, we actually met up in person for the first time in like three or four years. Um, a few weeks ago, we were, I was trying some of the stuff on and they said, oh, it looks good on you. And I wore it in, um, I wore it when I was in, uh, where was I? Thailand. Um, and, uh, <laughs> And with my nails, I felt like a, you know, of course, Mark calls it my B. Arthur outfit. You know, B. Arthur from oh, Dorothy yes. from the Golden oh, Girls. Yes. Dorothy's born? <laughs> because she wears those long, she always wears those long flowing. Um, so Mark's like, oh, you look fabulous in your B. Arthur. Oh, <laughs> no, I noticed that photo and I actually made a note in my, I can't remember where I put it. Because I thought I must remember to say something about that because it was so good. It just. Yeah. And it really suited I, you. Like I paused as I was scrolling and I don't often. Well, pause. that was my birthday gift. So it was lovely. Yeah, myself and, and Daniela who designed it, we're like, we're going to gift him this for oh, his birthday. Wow. Nice. Like, you have to wear it in Thailand. Yes. It's perfect. Beautiful. It's just like, you know. It really suited you, Terry. And I wore it also. I, I went for a little birthday dinner with all my gang, with my Joe and Michael and everyone. I wore it to that yeah. as well. But we should, you should wear it, tomorrow, wear it tomorrow too. Yeah. yeah, he's coming out of his shell, finally. Oh, yeah. 39. <laughs> oh, no. Well, before he's 40. We've gone off piece. We've gone off piste. <laughs> <laughs> back, back 
to the book, back to the book. If this incredible book was turned into a Netflix limited series, who would be playing who? Just the two of you for starters and then, you know, we can work on the other characters. Or, Danny, would you play yourself? Wow. No, I couldn't play myself. Who would play you? I get asked that all the time. It's yeah. like, it confuses me. It's just so weird to, I don't so know. So many different ages. I don't know. I was just looking back at I got my girl T-shirt and the picture on it where I'm holding the phone and yes. my pencil eyebrows. Yes, like, pencil eyebrows. That's a thing. Like, stages <laughs> to go through. You know that Celine Dion um, movie that's, you know, Ailey, it's not Celine Dion, and that the actress who is, I don't know how old, in her 30s, she plays Celine the whole way through, including, wow. when, she's a, including when she's a child. Oh my god! <laughs> it's <laughs> who would play? I would say then? for I would say probably possibly Reese Witherspoon for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know him well. <laughs> I feel yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. What about who would play Carol and Ron? Let's go to the like the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Who would play Carol? Who would play Carol and Ron? Well, Meryl, obviously. Oh, of course, Meryl. of course. Meryl. Meryl, Meryl Streep as Carol Minogue. Of course, the role she's been waiting for. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, has Has Ethan read the book? Does he know it exists? And I actually don't know. I don't know if he knows that. Um I'm sure there will be a lot that unfolds in Ethan's world as he, Gets you know, that. launches out of his world and sort mm. of in, into the rest of everyone's world. Uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm just like um, Uber driver. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maker and, um, you know, get him to basketball. And that's, right. that's my job. Well, and it sort of ties up with the ages and everything as well. Like, obviously, when I was... 18 and going out clubbing and raving every weekend i didn't really want to know any of like mum's stories or anything <laughs> like that but now like i will and I'll probably this will happen tonight when we finish up i'll go out there and we'll sit there for a couple of hours talking about stuff and then maybe watch a movie together and i'm really a lot more receptive to hearing about her childhood mm. married you know all that sort of stuff so it definitely is something that happens with age and I think more so for boys as well it happens a little later than it does with girls yeah I, I'm sure that time will come but you know like we have such a good relationship and we're so honest and close with each other and uh, I'm you know whatever he wants to know it's, yeah amazing you know, it's there but it's a it's 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 such a kind of a document of my life that I'm so proud of and mm. so so happy to have done it with my best mate Terry, like oh. honestly, we've I've been just through found it. Like, I've, I've so got much. an inscription. <gasps> Look, it says you can't see this. You can't see it, so oh. it's backwards. Oh. Terry, thanks for all the happy memories, Danny. Oh, oh. That's beautiful. That's lovely. So, did you so, so. did you go to the book signing, Terry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How you I didn't that. go to all the signings because you did a lot of signings, but I went to the London one. Yeah, I've got pictures of yeah, us. Yeah, I've got mine too. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Was that were they in Australia or were they in London? Yeah, you went at, um, to? 
at Chadston. This was Chadston. Yeah. yeah, we were both we were both at the Chadston signing, but didn't know each other. No, right. That is crazy. Yeah, I, and I went to the Waterstones, and the the, the we had a beautiful. Um, uh, there was a, a, I remember there was a beautiful dinner they threw for you, Dan, um, the publishers in a, in a really nice place. And we all, we all, it was a big sit down dinner. That was very nice. But that oh, that's on style. That's on style queen, isn't it? Yes, yeah. That was really amazing. nice. Yeah. But it, it, it's incredible. The connections that I've had with people through the book and through the book signings. You know, and, and yes. And like, for instance, connections the i've changed book agents now um my older book agents semi-retired but the interesting thing is now the junior editor on danny's book he was the junior editor so he wasn't the main editor uh, was called rory who is now like one of the heads of a, a a big literary agency and that guy that was the junior editor on danny's book is now my agent wow yeah oh, it's so cool. interesting isn't it it just um, like started the ball rolling and it yeah. snowballed into something that obviously was in Terry's, you know, future. And mm. as he said, something that he didn't see, but I'm like, yes, you can do it. Mm. And uh, it was just there. And I'm, I feel so good that I've been able to, you know, hand over like my most trusted friend to so many people to give them this experience of of this really beautiful trust zone where they can tell their story and then turn it into something incredible like for all of those people to have that opportunity is magical for me yeah, yeah because that was my first and I said to, I was just saying to the guys earlier that I'm about to start my 16th one um next week yeah. I can't say who it is. Nice. No, I know, I know. Would you ever do your own? TV Sorry. or music? Uh, would, you, would you ever do your own, Terry? Music, you know, but a bit of both. Oh. Uh, would I do my, No, I don't. I think when you are a person, you know, I know I've been an artist, but I think when you are a person that works in the, you know, with other artists and other celebrities i think it's really hard to write a book because i have worked with so many different people yeah. you know danny and you know and kylie and lots of other you know with the girls and and i think if you start if you're in that position as danny said it's a position of trust yeah it's very difficult to write a book because i feel then you know you do know you do see behind the scenes stuff and you do have yeah. great stories and yeah they're great to tell at a dinner party in front of a few people but it's not <laughs> something you can't tell other no. people's right and that would be my story it would be funny stories about you know jerry hallowell that's a book in its own. Um, but, uh, oh, God. <laughs> you know, but I can't, you know, you wouldn't, you can't do that because, so yeah. it's, everyone says the same to Hillary. Oh, you've got to write a book. It's like, right. you know, it's. Oh, I'd read it's the shit difficult. out of a Hillary book. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but it, you know, oh, it's hard because. The Queen Hillary. Experience. I remember saying to Hillary and to you, Terry, for years, I'm like, when is the Banana Rama book going to happen? Well, we've done it now. I know, I know, but for years I was like, yeah, got to happen. And you were all saying, like, maybe it will, it'll, it'll, it'll be the right time when it comes out. Like, yeah, 
because yeah, it's, it's like all the stories that I heard about the girls, like when we're at dinner parties, I'm like, they are the original rock and roll. And as people were oh, saying yeah. about our tour, like your tour was crazier than the rock and roll tours. Like those Bananarama girls, when they were at the height of their career traveling around, were the real deal setting the rock and roll standards. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 And Hillary managed bananas as well. Right. So, yeah. But it's very difficult for someone like Hillary to do a book because no, you, you guys, know, you'd, you'd, you'd be telling, you'd be telling stories about your artists that, yeah. that have put their trust in you, and it, it's very difficult to do. It's like I mean, a doctor to tell to write a book on all their patients. Yeah. Like, what do you? Want? So <laughs> you can't say I'd anything. rather stick to. You know, I, I think I, you know, for instance, with my book. Uh, it's it's a work of fiction, but it is based on reality. Right, so that right. that's the way to do things: to take those funny stories and and make them, you know, change them. You know, you can use funny stories in books that yeah. have come from reality, but you don't recognise the person. Yeah. So I definitely could I could imagine myself writing a a, a fiction based story about the music industry or entertainment industry that has those stories in but that doesn't make anyone feel bad about themselves or have to read something that you know or you know stuff that they might not want in there it's just i it's hard people often say that to me but it's it's it's, as danny said it's a position of trust you just wouldn't do it well some people would but not me (laughs) i always think like what's terry gonna do next because he's done so many amazing things and and Mm. you're on roll so why would why would there be a next of you know something different but i always think that you evolve so much and i think that probably sometime in your future and only you can answer this um there might be a time where you do some mentoring and mm. uh helping other people express themselves with the stories whether it be through songwriting or writing right. in a way mm-hmm. yeah i i would like to do something like that i i, I don't think I'm necessarily confident enough to do it, but I, I, it's something that I've thought about for sure. Um, I think you've got to have real confidence in yourself. And, you know, I, I have the, that typical writer's thing, you know, half half, half sort of, uh, you know, brash, blasé kind of, you know, bravado for a bit of alliteration and, um, half, and then, you know, 50% crippling self-doubt. Yes. <laughs> I think right. all artists work on Story that level. Story of my really. life, yes. Every, all artists work on that level. It's like, you know, 90% bravado, like, you yeah. know, 50% bizarre bravado, 50% crippling self-doubt. Um, and I think I definitely have that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I you know, my the musical thing is great for me. I, I was just saying to yes. the guys that Becoming Nancy is going to be in the UK, uh, come, you know, soon. So that that's very exciting, the musical. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think you should audition. You should come. Yes, you could play Kath, the mum. She's in her late thirties. You'd be perfect. (laughs) Just like, just like you both. (laughs) Oh Oh, god! Put that on the manifesting board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You guys can make anything happen. You're like, yeah, unhinged to her. You guys are amazing but like your friendship just glows and just makes everyone else happy too like it's that spark it's that like connection that just I mean everyone just listens to the podcast loves it glows you know they find other friends through that it's it's amazing this knock-on effect that you're having oh we've made yeah. some really 
you know, lovely friends through it. Just, I mean, you've got a lovely fan base that obviously Dude. plays, really <laughs> plays into it. It's just, you know, some fan bases can be a little toxic. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we're mentioning any names. We all know the ones. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it just doesn't really happen. I mean, you know, there's little bad eggs here and there in every, you know, walk of life, but yeah. it just doesn't really happen. Everyone's just really lovely. So, yeah, yeah it's very, very loyal as well. It's a lot. It's and, very loyal. and, and looking after each other and kind of reaching out that hand when someone needs it and mm. being a friend when someone needs it. Um, it I, I see it happen over and over again and I've made so many friends through, you know, social media, through this, call it fan world, I don't know what it is, mm. this music lovers world. We're all music lovers. So, yeah. And you two are top of our list. Like, we're doing that. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Thank you so Always much. make time for you, adore you, talk about you, listen to you. Steve Anderson absolutely just adores you guys. Absolutely, oh, like he's like he's literally he, he's the same. He's I, I mean I I work with him all the time. I've been with him all week. Um, so uh, and and the best news is that this is another a little Steve Anderson side. I don't even know whether Dan knows this yet. So with the Becoming Nancy musical, when I got involved in the songwriting side of it, we had to do some, like, you know, usually with musical theatre, they'll do a plinky-plonky piano demo. <laughs> um, that's like, so I wrote these songs with Elliot, the other songwriter, and I said, well, we want to present these to, like, Jerry Mitchell, the director and stuff. And, you know, I'm not just sending in a, you know, little piano. So I basically said to Steve, will you produce these demos for us? So we produced them at Steve's. I recorded the vocals at Ian's. They got mixed. So of course, when we presented them, they sounded amazing. But, but the great news is Steve Anderson is going to be the musical supervisor <gasps> on the Becoming Nancy musical. Amazing. So there'll be a full orchestra. There will be like... <laughs> it won't be subtle. No, All it's right. going to be like just <laughs> Bond themes throughout yes. <laughs> no he's it just taken he's just taken we all have to go to london yeah, yeah. it's well it, it maybe eventually it's just, he's just taken what was there that was what which was already good and taking it to another level really yeah that's what he does just yeah. takes everything mm. to another level but but but, but that was just an aside but basically i was just saying that how much he loves you guys and being on the podcast Aww. he oh, really yeah. really does well, yeah. he's practically moved in. Um, and <laughs> in fact, Danny, I think you two are now equal for the amount of times you've been on. <laughs> Kerry, you come on one more time, and then you can equal. I feel okay. like now I, I need to come. On, I need to be on the Girls Allowed podcast as oh, well. Oh, I was I was already <laughs> drafting the direct message that I was about to send you after this interview. So that I'm, I'm, I love that you've already mentioned it. it makes the message a lot shorter. <laughs> Like me, it's like I'm coming on Terry, so I'm like, I've got some stuff. Oh no, it's great! I'm glad. I'm really glad. Well, it's just nice to see your face. Did you guys catch up on the birthday? Or did you do a Zoom while you were in Thailand or anything? No, I was in Thailand, but we we did um, speak. We did speak. I sent Dan some photos, and uh, oh, we always do voice messages. And but we had seen one another for for a really. We had spent six hours in the sunshine in Daniele's garden just. Just Daniele, Danny, me, and Mark, yeah. the, the four of us, and and Stella the dog, uh, yeah. and we had <laughs> about six hours together in the sunshine. So oh, that was lovely. Yeah. yeah. And when are you coming to Australia, Terry? Next. When was the last time you were here? Not two thousand and ten. Stop oh. it. That's it. Yeah. Terry for the book. 
I think yeah. you need to rectify it's that. It's such a long way. Someone needs to fly me business. Book him for a book. Yeah. Someone <laughs> needs to fly you business class, did you say, Terry? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's, oh. Like Daddy did. On Emirates? I need to fly, <laughs> yeah. No, it was well, not Emirates. Etihad. 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 Right. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, should we? do you guys want to whore yourselves out before we go? Like, what are you up to? Whore <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? yourselves out. <laughs> Well, you he's know. got this new book that he can't tell us about. Oh, right? yes. No, but that's that's Make someone else's elevate. book. Uh, no, I mean, really, I would, I, I, I still, uh, the becoming Nancy musical is still like a big thing for me. We mm. we are um, going to be doing some audit because obviously it's coming from the America to the UK, so it's a whole new cast. Although there were a lot of Brits in the American cast, so we're going to be doing some auditions soon, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And there will be a workshop early next year to put in all the new songs. So that's really exciting about the musical. And of course, I'll always try and encourage people to go and buy the book. Oh, yes, that was what it. I was going to say. Is it yeah. available in stores still? Is I it think probably now online? it's mainly on Amazon. Uh, yeah, mainly on Amazon and websites. It's, you know, it's quite old. It's just, you know, it came out the year after my story. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got to order that and now the Will Young one to complete my Yes. My yeah. Yes. Perfect, perfect of... um, Christmas oh, gift. Oh, you have to read Becoming Nancy. You'll love it. Yeah, yes. yeah I'm, I think I, I, I think really you'll really to. like it. <laughs> I think I looked for it in bookshops here. I must have been when we after we spoke to you last time, and I was like, I'm gonna have to order this online because yeah, you'd have to online, order it online. You can get it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so that's great uh, Christmas presents. If you haven't yet read Danny's autobiography, my story, uh, definitely get that now. Reread it. Get it for Christmas. And obviously, Danny, we're talking on the day after the girl 25th anniversary vinyl has been released in Australia. Sold out, I would like to add, yes. on the Warner Music Store. The only thing that's that's almost sold out that's not is the T-shirts. Unfortunately, if you didn't get the vinyl, you can get the T-shirts still, but just for a limited time. Uh, and obviously, everyone's busting our asses about the UK release, and we've just told them it's coming. So it's coming. Yes. yes. You've got to be very patient with that release. But it is coming. There'll be more information soon. Yeah, there there are just a couple of the t-shirts left. Um, I did a little photo shoot and video thing in my t-shirt uh today, which I love. I was wearing the large. It's a it's slim cut, and so the large comes um uh, like halfway down my thigh towards my knee, so it's like like a dress. I love. Oh that. my god! Yeah, I got a I got an extra like extra extra large because I like them to tie it up. Yeah, and I just love it. So I I would wear that as a dress, which you'll oh, see in my photos, stunning. or I would wear it on top of jeans, like as this long, cool, you know, like nineties t-shirt look. So oh. just if you're going for the sizing, you know, I'm five foot two. Um, I'm a size 6P and I'm bought the large. So, like, size up. I, I like them. I don't like T-shirts tight, so. No, no me either. I like everything baggy, especially yeah. with my size and everything. I like it to be a bit baggy because it just feels gross otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> and... curves, darling. Frack curves, frack curves. Thank you, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. um, QVC Christmas stuff we've seen popping up online. What's that you just got uh, at QVC? 
Well, there's a big launch we have next week of a new item, which is we've got a biker jacket that's been going crazy. For Christmas, we have a sequin biker jacket in black and in blue sequin. It's oh. insane. It drops Tuesday. It will be sold out by the end of the day. Oh. So, like I already know like all the girls in QVC that are like, I'm ready with my finger on the button as soon as that like goes online. And so... Like, yeah, a little bit of fun, a little bit of sparkle. A lot has been going on in the UK, like when I was there and after mm. I left, like, whew, you guys just like yeah. keep giving to the news stories of the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like my, my job is just to add that little bit of sequin, little bit of glitter, a little bit of light, a little bit of colour. Yeah, we fun. need it in this country. <laughs> there was just this. Uh, there was just this mini series called This England, which was about the Boris Johnson prime ministership through COVID, and it was like oh. a six-part Kenneth Branagh. It was really interesting, actually. Wow. And I was joking, saying there's going to be a season two about Liz Truss. It's two three-minute episodes with an <laughs> ad break. And just, with just the lettuce? Is the lettuce there? Yeah. Just... It's just an Instagram reel. <laughs> it's just an Instagram reel. Oh. With an ad break. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, I went, I went on a holiday and, and came back from two weeks and the Prime Minister had changed. <laughs> Mental. Oh, my God. Well, I, we Amazing. hope that you get some heating for Christmas, most of all. Yes. 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 <laughs> I want to thank you both again from the bottom of my heart for joining us on this is That's disco really fun. once again it's been yeah. an absolute blast and um yes. really really appreciate you sharing the stories of this incredible book and yeah thank you again for coming on and happy birthday uh, to you both but yes thank happy you. birthday Blink. thank you i know last year uh, you shared my birthday with me and now this year with both of us and I like know. we always shared our birthday together so yeah, it's like the normal. It was, it was really pairing. Um, well, you should definitely yes, come here was... for your fortieth next year, Terry. Yeah, yeah I should. Yeah, it's going to be I mean, big celebration because it'll be my fortieth too. Oh, oh we still... <laughs> Fantastic. Manifesting. Oh yeah, manifest Terry coming out here. Oh, that's easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah easy. <laughs> it's easy done. <laughs> easy done with the business class ticket. Yes. <laughs> uh, ask for first because then she'll say, "Oh, I can only do business." <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Anyway, all right. Well, have a fabulous day, Terry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you good guys. night. Good night Similar to you, to Mar- Mar- and to Margaret. Yes. And I will. The pussies. I will. Oh. Yeah. Pussy cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, the, the balls and pussy. What pussy. other kind would there be in this house? <laughs> dusty, I mean, really. dusty balls and pussies. What a way to end the show. Uh, all right. Love you guys. Thanks, love guys. You. Bye. 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 What a treat that was oh, so much fun like oh uh, there was just so many moments talking to both of them that i could have talked to them both all night like just right had a few more drinks and crazy oh my god and i can't i can't believe he said um you're obsessed with my parents right and i mean and <laughs> Of course, I, 
have to say, after we... Because we recorded quite late with we them. Did. It was a Saturday night. I had a dream that night. I don't think I've actually told you that I was, like, at Carol's or something. And she was God. giving me fruit from, like, one of her fruit trees. <laughs> Except it wasn't Carol. But it, anyway, it was really weird. <laughs> anyway, this is what happens when I'm having a few drinks over Zoom. Talking about Carol. <laughs> You're a couple of dreams away from a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love you, Carol. Love you, Ron. Um, iconic. Absolutely iconic. And I'm definitely ready for an unhinged tour, unleashed mm. tour, whatever. I'm, I'm ready for a tour. Right. So many things we need to get manifesting. But do you know one thing I was, uh, you know, I wanted to comment on as well is, you know, Danny was talking about how amazing Terry would be at mentoring. Yes. Which, yes. A hundred percent. And, you know, we've spoken about, you know, his ability to bring out the this amazing vocals in her. Like, it's a talent. You, not anyone can just do that. I think we, we spoke a lot about this in the um, Get Into You episode. Mm-hmm, we did. Because on yes. the songs where he, you know, sort of came into the picture on that album, it's so obvious. Like, something just changes in her voice. And, yeah, that's a gift. He should yeah. He should be doing more mentoring. Amazing at it. I'd also love to say that it was an absolute delight talking about Hilary Shaw for a good 10, 15 minutes. I don't know how long that was, but it felt like a glorious eternity. It was beautiful. I bet. I I bet. <laughs> on cloud nine, talking about Queen Hillary. I was watching you over Zoom, just living your best life oh, in that it was conversation. Good, it, was, it was a good night for so many reasons. <laughs> oh, so much fun. But um, yes, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know where to find Danny. On socials, we mm-hmm. don't need to spell that out for you. No, Terry is at Terry Ronald across across the usual social platforms. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can. I think we alluded to this in the episode, but yes, becoming Nancy, you can find you know in your online retailers, you know, the Amazons of the world. Look it up on the pewter. Yeah, have a look. Um, my story as well. You can still buy hard copies, or if you're wanting to read it like immediately and don't want to wait three weeks for shipping. There are like Kindle copies and stuff that you can get cracking on that. Right. Right. That is true. Yes. Before we do go, do you want to just let everyone know where they can find us on social media and also whether they can buy some of our merch? Well, yes, you can find us on Instagram and for the moment, Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we'll just see how this plays out over the next few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. At This Is Disco and on uh, TikTok at This Is Disco Podcast. And uh, we did set this up a year ago, uh, a year and a half ago, but forgot. But we do have a Tumblr that I'm just, you know, dipping my toe in the waters there. Wrong. I think Wrong. that's... I think that's This Is Disco Podcast, but I can't remember. Anyway, we'll put the links on socials once... <laughs> I have time to figure that out. Right. I think it was This Is Disco podcast, yeah. Yeah, because This Is Disco was taken. Anyway, so we're across there. We'll just see how this thing with Twitter plays out. But for the moment, we're still tweeting away in the war zone that it is. And yes, you can find Christmas presents or stocking fillers for all your friends and family at thisisdisco.threadless.com. Plenty of fun little bits and pieces that you can gift to family and friends. A shower curtain, perhaps. Gorgeous, gorgeous. (laughs) 
And what about yourself, my darling Eliza? I am at Ms. Eliza Day on, again, for the moment, Twitter and definitely on Instagram and on TikTok. And you? Amazing. So I am now across three different platforms, the same username. Oh. Yeah, Adam Disco, A-D-E-M-D-I-S-C-O, on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. And, oh, hang on, no, that's the Record Doctor at Tumblr, sorry, that's right. And then, of course, there's a Record Doctor, which is at the Record Doctor on Twitter and Instagram, which is my Mixcloud radio show, the Girls Aloud podcast, You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, which is at Aloud Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and the Balkan Top 50, which is Balkan Top 50 on Instagram. Oh, streamlining the branding. Love it. <laughs> well done. Love it. You've got disco in your name. Just, that was a very exciting day for me when I saw right. <laughs> The little things for social media. It's like, oh, uh, it's so clean and crisp. <laughs> I, I was very, very happy to finally have something that worked across more than just one yeah. Bloody social social and site. Oh, very, <sighs> very exciting. Well, we're almost at the, the pointy end of the year. We are, we are. We've got another episode for you coming up for the Christmas season. Yes. And there'll just be it'll be a little bit different. It'll be a little different. Yeah, not nice, different, unusual. Yeah, yeah very nice. Uh, but more on that as December creeps closer and closer. Oh, I can't believe it already. I'm the still year. I'm still trying to process, you know, 2020, 2020 2019 <laughs> even, you know. <laughs> We're about to go oh, to 23. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Anyway, well, this <sighs> has been just fabulous as always. An absolute joy. Thank you, Terry, for indulging us again. Thank you, Danny, for indulging us again. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, thanks for a lovely couple of nights, Eliza. It's been a blast as always. Oh, thank you. And yeah, love and kisses, dance floor darlings. Bye. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts, Adam Eve and Eliza Day.